Ooh, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, I fly solo this week as I discuss last week's Dynamite and the amazing main event between Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. Plus, I talk about the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle in the promo department. Who won that battle? Ricky Starks versus Hangman Page in what was a well-told opener of about. And I discuss how AEW can keep the majority of their roster active and relevant by having a cap of 32 talents per Dynamite episode. Very interesting conversation. Finally, Kirishita versus Ty Conte, plus Britt Baker in the mix. All that and more this week on 2 2 Who? Maybe one. Down to my dude with attitude. Everybody, this is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com. Today's date is April 26, 2021, and it is two, two, but hey, it's just one, me, today, for two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. Marcus and I had a little bit of a personal live situation going on last week, so we were unable to record the show uh, at our appropriate time. So um, if Marcus wants to share his story with you, yeah, I'll let him do that, but that, that'll be up to him. But... Either way, we weren't able to do it, so I'm doing this special, maybe a little bit of an abbreviated episode of Two Dynamite Dudes this week, as we just has many any things to discuss. I did not want to not do a show about this because I thought it was such a good show of Dynamite that, uh, and there was a lot of different talking points. So join me here live, if you would like, and uh, give me your feedback about what you thought of Dynamite, what you think as Kenny Omega as the new Impact World Champion, and uh, where they want to go and where they should go with it. Just fire some questions away i'll be happy to interact with you guys and get your uh questions out on the air here and um discuss them with myself how fun is that it's a lot of fun i'm a kind of a nut job i got a new dog her name is rosa I, after named named after you know who and i also have a cat named dusty so uh there's where my wrestling fandom lies is amongst my animals so marcus is also an animal but he's not here it is just me uh so let's kick it off all right Big news coming out of Sunday, Rich Swan loses the Impact World title to Kenny Omega. And now he is owner of, is it three belts? If you're not counting the TNA championship, it's the owner of three belts. And, uh, well, AEW, Impact, and then the AAA Mega Championship. Unless I'm missing one, I don't think I am. But, uh, yes, uh, I discussed this with uh, editor Bill Pritchard and uh, our other man editor as well, Colin Tessier. Uh, on the post-show of Impact, and uh, we're all kind of in the same boat with a lot of this stuff because it looked like Impact is not... I mean, they're benefiting to an extent of obviously getting uh, AEW, uh, you know, the rub from AEW in a mainstream television product that's on a weekly television show, uh, you know, where they you get, you know, around near the 100,000 over viewers to a million viewers, whatever it may be. And uh, so they're getting that kind of rub, but their company isn't looking up to snuff, so to speak, when it comes to like they're having the, the stars to compete with guys like in a way and stuff like that. Obviously, like Rich Swan ended up, 
you know, fighting Kenny in a good match. What was a good match? I thought it honestly, some of the aspects could have been a little bit better. Uh, there was a few botches and stuff like that, but I mean, those, those guys can go and Kenny can really go. So it's a good match, but it does not play to uh, impacts identity. I think uh, if they're going this whole route, I, I used the comparison of game of Thrones last night where they're going this whole entire route. They better, uh, they better just embrace it like that. They're uh, beaten down, not emasculated, but like defeated almost near defeat of a promotion. I think they have to go down that road and then get that redemption story going. But who are you going to put in that position to go up against Kenny Omega and make it look credible? You know, uh, I, I thought that you need to almost, you have not established you you're working on establishing stars, but you haven't established a big, big name in impact wrestling that defines impact since the days of AJ styles and Samoa Joe and stuff like that. It's always kind of been like guys floating in and out, whether it's been uh, Drew Galloway at the time uh, you've had countless other Austin Aries, uh, Johnny impact. Um, then it list goes on, but nobody really is like the defining face of impact wrestling right now. So um, you don't have that. So what I would do, is get those veterans in there, like a uh, James Storm. Uh, uh, if you do eventually rope in a Samoa Joe, even for an appearance or two, get him to do it. You know, um, you can also do uh, who else was the thing? Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, um, shoot Eric Young, even. You know, um, but you have to position them in the right way. A lot of these guys are heels. Like Eric Young's a heel. Um, you know, wouldn't go too well with another heel and Kenny. So, I mean, it's a matter of working all that out and uh getting that situated so big thing here uh steven chambers says impact needs samoa joe back oh joe versus omega will be a great match oh you can't argue that that's like the ultimate if that's like the best case scenario for impact i would think is to get samoa joe in there and be like hey we got the guy we got the guy so uh it's a matter of getting him in there and uh making it all work hold on a second i gotta kick my cat out he's eating dusty what are you doing there bud hello time for you to leave all right he was messing, <laughs> of all things, he was messing with the wrestling card game. Uh, so I had to kick him out. But, <laughs> so, uh, yes, where is that going to happen? You need somebody like a Joe there. You need somebody like, you know, a James Storm. I really feel like the guy came out there and still looked like he could still mingle it up. And he he epitomizes Impact Wrestling. He's been a consistent face since nearly its inception. So it's it's somebody to think about there. A uh, lot of different things. Uh, now, as far as last week's Dynamite, I did think it was a good show. Um, and if you guys want to chime in about, uh, you know, the title changes and where, where they should go with that. Um, Kenny, I think he should now, I think he should hold on to the title for a very long time and be almost uh, assimilate himself into Impact Wrestling as part of their face of not only that, of AEW Dynamite, but make him the face of Impact at the time being. You know, whether that's a tyrannical face that has to go up against somebody that we're rooting for, you know, uh, it's those are things you have to think about. They have You got to think about that, and you, you got to make Kenny almost your cowbell star on both promotions right now, or make it at least look that way with the, some smoke and mirror stuff. You know, make him look like that guy that, uh, okay, I identify him as AEW champion, but I also identify him as Impact World Champion too. I think that's very important. And Don Callis can do a very good job at helping get that over as well. So lots to think about. Um, you know, I think Impact needs to get some stars on Dynamite. I think it's about time. There, You do run into that problem of uh, there being more 
the roster problem, which I'm going to talk about here. Uh, that's why I named this episode the 32 fighter formula today is because I want to really discuss that and uh, get to the, how AEW can showcase all the stars that they have. Cause Tony Khan is what's great about that is Tony Khan has like these, um, a whole bunch of people, like he cares about them and he wants them to succeed. But Obviously, with the television product week in and week out, you only have so many spots to fill, and it's over. It's overdone. Like there's too many stars, and it it kind of defines those. It doesn't define stars down, but it makes them more hard to catch on to, with all those people. So uh, I'm gonna get into that here in a little bit. Darby Allen and Jungle Boy in the main event. Uh, get some questions in right now. I gotta check on my dog because she's going nuts. Rosa, what are you doing? Boy, the benefits of being a new pet owner. I tell you what. Uh, she's messing around with all this weird stuff. So, what I wanted to talk about, too. Main event, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy. Uh, really good showcase of guys. Uh, you have Jungle Boy on there. And he, uh, you know, I don't think it necessarily, you know, it didn't put him to that le level of a star yet. But he's getting there. And I think what it really speaks to is Darby Allen's consistency. Like we haven't seen this kind of run, I think of, you know, title defenses and stuff and salt rock solid title defenses with unique styles and Darby always fighting back. I think it really um, played to him being that defending champion in that face of TNT. And I think he's right now we're seeing a star in the making even more so with Darby Allen here and him going up against all these guys. Now he's got Preston Vance coming up here on Wednesday to, uh, in another title defense. So um, should be just, it's been a really good run for Darby and I feel he uh, can only benefit more from that. Um, okay. Rich Murphy says Sammy Callahan should come in the mix in mix with Kingston. Oh, with Mox and Kingston. Okay. So I see what he's saying. So here, so Mox and Kingston, here we go. He got it. Um, yeah, I mean, Sammy, I talked about this last night on the, the post show, was Sammy always has the same matches for me. You know what I mean? Where he's uh, kind of, it's like, if you see a Sammy hardcore match, you're seeing every one. Like, not a whole lot of it changes. And, like, maybe that's people's things, and it could be. And, hey, you know, wrestling is subjective. So, like, uh, like who you like, but it's also, like, Sammy, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind that. I just... I don't know. I would like to see um, them more. I think Sammy does not play to that main event level as much as impact has put him in that position and stuff. He's just not a main event guy for me and him getting mixed up with Kingston and Mox might be cool for like a bout, but I don't know. It's, it's like, you're not going to have Mox or Kingston job out to Sammy either. So uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a, it makes sense. It really does. I see where you're coming from. Absolutely. But um, I don't know if I necessarily want that mixed up. I'm not the biggest Sammy Callahan guy either. So uh, take that for what you will as well with that. But yeah, I mean, I definitely see that. Um, Steven Chambers says, put impact women in AEW. Peraza versus Sheeta. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're bringing anybody over from uh, impact, it's got to be Donna Peraza. You know, Jordan Grace is a close, close second. And But that's the thing with impact is they do have talented knockouts division. You look at even uh, what Fire and Flavor did in that tag match with now a new... Uh, talent and Rachel Ellering in um, Impact. Wow. What a good, very, very good tag match. And uh, 
Fire and Flavor got the, those two gals over, like Grace and and Ellering. Like they made them look like uh, a force in the Knockouts Tag Division. I tell you what, they kind of need that because they are losing talent too. Uh, could potentially be getting more talent now with those Impact. I mean, the WWE releases with uh, the Iconics and obviously Chelsea Green and um, Mickey James. So uh, very much to think about. But yes. Perazzo versus Sheeta would be amazing. Perazzo versus Rosa would be amazing. Perazzo versus Adib. Perazzo versus anybody would be amazing. Uh, yeah, she's very good. Honestly, I thought the best match of Impact's 2020 was that Slammiversary match between Deanna Perazzo and Jordan Grace. I thought that was such a great match and told a really good hard-hitting story. So, uh, But yes, um, I, the, getting Impact on it, uh, on Dynamite, I think is imperative to do at this juncture because Impact's just kind of looking like a bunch of geeks at this moment, and they're not geeks. There's some great, great talent there, and you want them to to flourish. Like honestly, I thought last night. Sorry to go back to this, but like Kenny and uh, Swan, I really thought my prediction was uh, Kenny was going to win, which he did. But I thought as not almost like not a gold watch, but as a tip of the cap or almost like a notch in his belt is you get Rich Swan kicking out of the one-winged angel. Nobody ever has done that. And to have and how much they put over the one-winged angel of not getting kicked out and how Swan might have been a little intimidated by that, I thought that really played into the ideal that, hey, maybe uh, Rich is going to kick out of this. But he didn't. So, uh, you know, and Rich has got pinned clean twice by Kenny. Twice. So, and that's your world champion. Uh, so it's like they've got some rebuilding to do, I feel. I really do think. Uh, let's see. Ken says, will New Japan become more pr prominent in cross-branding? You know, obviously they have such a presence now on Impact that with FinJuice uh, that that's kind of that seems to have more of the connection now, doesn't it? Because you're looking at it, and uh, we did get that appearance at Kenta on Dynamite, but that we haven't heard of him since. Um, so I would think yes, though, because... I think we're now that rebellion's over with, and there is that layer of um, trouble coming for Impact. That you're going to get more of that stuff with uh, New Japan. New Japan will get in the mix more. Uh, it might be more of a slow and steady drip than what we might be seeing. How uh, AEW is such an involved force on Impact, but I do think we're going to see some uh, New Japan coming up. Uh, Rich also asked, "Do you think Britt is winning the?" AW women's title. I think it's yes, just very much just a matter of time that she does that. And I think it's uh she will defeat Sheeta when it comes to it. I think I think she just had a great run and really uh laid herself out as like this pandemic fighting champion. Uh very so she's had a great, great series of stuff. So uh yes, I think Britt will definitely be in that mix. Rosa, sit please, go lay down. Go lay down. I tell you, this having this the pets is something else. I haven't had a dog in five years, and so now it's, my cat Dusty's getting along with her, but he kind of wants to draw the line in the sand. Rosa, go lay down. Go lay down. Go lay down. Lay down. Okay. You want to take a question, Rosa? Huh? All right. So back to it. We also had uh, what I thought was a really good opener between Ricky Starks and Hangman Page. So, um, yes, I thought uh, you cannot beat those guys as far as ring work goes when it comes to, like, the different types of openers that they have have been very, very good. Holy smokes, they're going nuts. Okay, Rosa, time to go. Place. 
Hey now. She is a fire plug. Okay, let me just give you a brief background about her. Year and a half. She's a pit terrier mix. She's not going to get any bigger than she is. She's very, she's very small, but she's all over with the energy. It's, it's a lot. So I just got her last week. So it's been, and doing this solo is, uh, does not help. I have no one to vamp for me. I have to do the vamping while corralling my dog. Anyways. <laughs> yes. Very good opener between hangman page and Ricky Starks. And I told, I said this out on Twitter. I think Ricky Starks epitomizes what you want uh, what you're looking for as somebody that uh, expresses body language and uh, emotion throughout their matches. And he does a very good job as a, as a baby face, but he also, I mean, as a heel, but he's also done a very good job as a baby face too. Back in his NWA days too, he's do, he does a very, very good job at connecting with the fans with little subtleties with that. So he does a very good job. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it makes a, you know, Hangman having a little bit of beef with Team Taz, I think, can only be beneficial to uh, to not only Hangman but to Team Taz as well because I feel uh, they obviously, um, you know, they're trying to find their way and they're building something more with uh, Powerhouse Hobbs uh, going up against Christian. So they got that feud going there. There's a lot of different uh, elements with Team Taz, and we're gonna and they've also teased a breakup here coming with uh, Brian Cage at some point. You got to think. You have to think. So, um, yes, very, very good opener. I uh, couldn't have been happier to see something like that because it's like it's been a while since we've seen uh, starts and singles action, I think, on Dynamite. All right. I did want to talk about that women's match uh, with Hikaru Shida and Ty Conte. I tell you what, I really, really like Ty Conte. I cannot believe WWE passed up on her. You know, just let her go. And uh, AEW is making the most of her. And, like, even at this brief little run-up where she's – you know, build up to be the challenger to Sheeta, and, and then she lost here on Dynamite. There's uh, there's a lot to be said about that, and uh, you know, I think the ceiling is so high for her, and we're gonna see a lot more good stuff coming from her too. Uh, Sheeta does a great job. That finish was pretty darn cool. Where it took like I think two running knees, and then she hit her finisher. It was a really good finish. And then you had Britt Baker teasing it. What uh, what um, I'm sorry, uh, Stephen was saying earlier, I believe, was it Stephen? Yes, was Stephen there? Um, oh, also Ken asks, oh no, we, I got that one about the new Japan. Yeah. With the cross train, but yes. Yeah, so a uh, really good women's match. Um, it expresses the, how deep the women's division is getting. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a second as well, because uh, yes, I think you can pull off having a lot of these talents on your programming, but you have to do it in the right fashion and you have to focus and hone in on, on those certain talents. And it's still tough to do, even with this formula that I kind of thought up <laughs> during my day job. So uh, we'll get to that here in a second. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So uh, Mox and uh, Eddie Kingston uh, attacking the trailer. That was all right. It was pretty cool. Uh, it just kind of shows the camaraderie between Eddie and Mox. Uh, they can't find the Bucks and Kenny and Don and... Uh, Michael Nakazawa and the Good Brothers, they were gone out of the trailer. But I thought, um, you know, it's your uh, typical wrestling spot, as it were, uh, having a car run into another car and uh, or trailer. So something gets destroyed in some form or fashion. So very classic Attitude Era-esque in that regard. Uh, not necessarily against it. I wouldn't do it all the time. But it's kind of a nice little change of pace, I thought, and uh, still kept them relevant on the show and a uh, focus. Um, let's see what else was there that I liked. I do like, um, in that main event, I like Lance Archer still showing up as a baby face. I think they really got to ride that. And 
listen, I really, really, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I'd really like to see Jake Roberts stay at baby uh, heel, turn heel against Archer. I don't think Archer uh, and them are benefiting from one another. I mean, obviously Jake's a legend and, and, you know, having him come out with you means something, but I mean, I think Jake can do a lot more uh, better work, fruitful work for him too, when it comes to managing maybe a heelish talent of some sort. Um, but yes, I did like that. Um, I also like uh, Don Callis is just amazing. He's been doing some really great stuff. He did some great stuff on Rebellion last night. I made a poll earlier today on Twitter asking, who do you guys think is the better manager right now? And who are you enjoying the most on their current run, Paul Heyman or Don Callis? Because I think Don Callis is very much contending for that better microphone work right now over Paul Heyman, even to this juncture. I think uh, Heyman's found his role in a very good role as like, not necessarily an advocate for Roman Reigns, but almost as uh, what is it they call him? I think like an advisor or some sort of thing. What's all, but he plays subservient to uh, Reigns in a very different and intriguing role where necessarily Heyman's not talking as much. So, I mean, there's a little bit different dynamic, but you know, uh, I just really like what Don Callis is doing right now. And uh, it plays into Kenny being a heel. <laughs> and uh, the Bucks being heels as well. I think it's very cool. And their look, I like the look. I mean, people have been criticizing the Bucks a lot. I really like what they're doing on Twitter even right now, where they're just like, hey, new bio up, and then that's all they say. You have to go check out their Twitter file. It's clever shit. It's clever shit, I think. Um, yeah, so again, guys, this is a live uh, episode here of Two Dynamite Dudes, just one, me, right now, uh, the slapdick brother, Dominic. If you want to get some questions in, join in, uh, shoot me a message over here and I will uh, read it up. I will read it up because, uh, yes, um, trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to. Oh, OK. Yes. Obviously, we had the promos between Inner Circle and the Pinnacle. Now, two very different executed types of promos as the Pinnacle were backstage in a sit down with J.R., while Inner Circle was out in the ring live in front of a crowd. So how did that play? Uh, me and uh, Michael Mansuri, who is um, the co-host of the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast, and he also uh, was a former WWE producer. Um, me and him uh, got into a friendly exchange over Twitter about um, what, it, how the backstage stuff did not necessarily play into the favor too much of... Uh, Inner or uh, of the pinnacle, uh, he thought that it would have been more effective if they were out in the ring. I can't argue with that. I very much think that that's the case. I think that's almost always the case. Is if if you play, uh, if you put them out in front of a live crowd, you get that reaction. You get that, uh, yeah, you get that kind of feedback. And a lot of anybody will know if you're a performer, like you kind of feed off that live interaction and that being set in the moment rather than having a camera with a red light blinking and you have to go. There's very much a different form of adrenaline, I guess, that comes with each of those. But um, there's something about feeding off a crowd, obviously wrestling and wrestlers know that. So, yes, undoubtedly, it would, it would have been more beneficial for them to be in the ring. But I think it plays into a little bit of their uh, their ability to stay away while the inner circle is the team that shows up. Um, so uh, it kind of kind of plays more so in MJS favor. Now I will say I really very much liked Wardlow's short and direct delivery he gave to Jericho. Now whether that's a telegraph feud he's going or match he's going to have with Jericho, I think it is. It's pretty telegraphed, uh, but I think it only benefits him and benefits, uh, you know, 
uh, him in the long run. And I mean, obviously you're with Jericho. So I mean, how are you going to beat that? That's uh, what you have to think about there. In, in addition to that, I'll keep talking while that's going on. But in addition to that, I feel that uh, now guys like FTR did not benefit from not really talking. You know, it should have happened. Uh, and uh, Tully wasn't there. We don't know why, but I'm sure there was a reason. Uh, so, yeah, lot to di- lots of things to think about with that. MJF did a very good promo by himself, too, just directly. Um, played into a lot of things he referenced. And being that 25-year-old petulant star child kind of thing, I liked it. Um, yes. So, I think, though, uh, and uh, sorry, also made a good suggestion, too. It was like, hey, why not put him in a limo? or like a jet or something like that. Instead, they're sitting inside of something else instead of just chairs. And that's a very good point to be made too. And Jerry R only asked one question. So it does not, in that regard, it's like gets those guys over in a certain way. And it produces a different dynamic of what you're seeing, uh, what the viewer is seeing, the guys backstage in comparison to guys in the ring. Uh, and plus we're getting the tease for them to meet up this week, confront one another this week in the rings. So, um, you can make an argument for both ends, but I certainly see some aspects of what would be beneficial to having the pinnacle tell their story in the ring, uh, whether via mic or on the canvas. Uh, let's see. Ken here says one thing AEW is sorely lacking is an established female star to help the women's division. The men's division has Jericho, Moxley, Sting, among others. I don't really count Vicky. What do you think? So, Ken, I think uh, you have stars with uh, the women's division. You have Britt Baker. Obviously, she's a heel. You have Thunder Rosa, who I think will be a big star, and just c- constantly uh, building up each time and e- each week as it goes. Uh, another star you have is Jade Cargill. Now, she cannot wrestle as well as the other women at this point in time but there's a talent is there and you can see it you can see it from short spurts of what she does in the ring to uh the presence that she has her look is amazing uh so you have those talents and red velvet i think you're gonna get that more ken i think we're gonna get more of that i but it is the responsibility of aew to make that happen so like thunder rose is there she's the talent you have to give her that opportunity to get there to to be that big big star and like she's, they're making the most of it. Oh, okay. So you say, I mean, more like what they have stinged. Oh, I get what you're saying. So you're saying like a female kind of, uh, yes, like a manager more so in a way. And I see what you mean about Vicky now. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense. Now that's tough. I would say, you know, Mickey James just got released. So, I mean, you bring somebody like her in, uh, that can only play to your benefit as well. Like, I think, she and she can kind of be like player coach almost where she sometimes mixes it up, but she could just be primarily a manager too. I would like that. Um, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong too, um, with bringing in women that are not necessarily wrestlers either. So like you have somebody like a Selena De Laurenta in MLW and she does wonders for like lost parks and, and different talents like that. So there's a lot to think about there. Um, yeah, I trying to think who else would be Zelina Vega obviously would be great. Uh, I'm curious what she's doing. Uh, obviously, she's making the most of Twitch and everything like that, but uh, she would be awesome to have in the mix there. So, yeah, I think those are some uh, women that you could bring in and kind of make that more of a thing. I think the, a big problem is you got to focus on that. You have to focus on your talent. And, again, I'm going to get to that here in a second with the 32 fighter formula. What else did I want to cover here? Um, taking a look. Taking a look. Let's see. We also, 
Oh, um, Trent versus, help me out here, Trent versus Penta. Thought it was a good match. I really like uh, Abraham, Abraham Asante, or his translator. I think he adds a cool, fun dynamic where, like, Penta, he's that guy where he can speak English, but he doesn't need to. And I like that aspect. I like uh, him, uh, Abraham, being, like, this salty kind of, like, smarmy, dickish kind of guy that's walking around with them and feeding off a of Penta. I like that. Uh, so uh, Trent, uh, he's such a great, has a great look and great talent and stuff. I think um, I would like to see the best friends go something, something different now that we've seen it all uh, happen and stuff like that. I very much feel there's, there should be a different direction that they're going in. Uh, I would like to see Orange Cassidy kind of make his way. They can still always be friends and stuff, but I'd like to see him kind of cut his own swath a little bit more. Um, maybe they, he just aligns with Chris Statlander. They're both kind of, they're both weird and things like that. I think they could kind of do something to that effect. Um, so yes, I thought it was a good match. Um, kind of want to see a little bit, something different from the best friends now. Um, if you disagree or agree, let me know. Okay, Steven, you say, after the gun QT match, think we may see Cody this week. I think we're going to see Cody this week. Yeah, I think we are. I think that only makes sense. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if we don't see him yet again, but um, I wouldn't be against uh, him showing up and, and or just having some sort of brief promo, whether that's from his house or not. Because I think, isn't Brandy pretty well uh, on her way with the pregnancy? I think that might be why we're not seeing him. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, anyways, yeah, uh, Cody, having him always in the mix adds that, you know, pun not intended, elevated feel of Dynamite, I feel, when he's on there. Um, he, he feels almost like must tune in uh, for that kind of stuff. Like, if he's in a segment, it's going to be some big stuff. And you know what? Curious to get, if you guys want uh, your feed, give me your feedback on this uh, QT Billy Gun segment. I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. I feel... I'm I've always been a sucker for Billy Gunn, but uh, ever even the one Billy Gunn, he was like my favorite back then. Was the one Billy Gunn, I liked that a lot. So I've always been a sucker for Billy, but uh, I like that they played into the fact. Hey, QT can't get the job done, man. He needs help. He can't he can't beat anybody. He he's a great trainer, but he's not great in the ring. And look what he has. He's got. Anthony Gogo, uh, liver, giving Billy Gunn a liver shot, and then Nick Camarado taking a wooden chair to the head and being unfazed by it. He's got guys behind him. And I think it's a very neat dynamic uh, that they're producing with the factory there. So I like that a lot, very much so. Um, I thought it was a very good segment. Uh, and Dustin, teasing a feud with Dustin, it only makes sense, right? only makes sense. These, uh, the natural uh, nightmares are, are colliding. The mega powers. Oh, the natural nightmares explode. There we go. Got that old reference in. But yeah, um, I like that segment. I did. Uh, I'm going to close it out with this. So if you guys want, get some more questions in. Uh, I can do a little bit of a Q&A session here at the end. But what I do want to kind of state is it's been a problem with Dynamite is the amount of talent that you have they feature on each show. Now, I love the aspect that Tony Khan does of being like, hey, I want to feature these guys and make the most out of them. And the way to do that is put them in factions and put them in groups and all that stuff. But it kind of, from a viewer standpoint, it gets a little overwhelming or there's certain aspects of it where that star doesn't get as much as a shine because there's so many people to keep track of. So now uh, this is still a lot of talent, my, my proposition here or my idea. But I feel it can you can make it hone in, and it's almost like having rosters or divisions, where it's like I don't want to say brands, so it's like 
you know, SmackDown Raw has their own exclusive talent. I think to an extent, uh, uh, Dynamite, Elevation, and then Dark should have their own specific talent featured, exclusive talent that you tune into. So if you really want to dive deep and get some good stuff, you can check out a Dark or you can check out an Elevation and see these talents that are on the rise. So almost like a baseball minor league system. I'm wearing this Toronto Blue Jays hat right now, and uh, I like baseball a lot. Uh, I think it's pretty cool aspects that so many of these players have to work and grind their way. And plus this leans into Cody, do the work, do the work, Christian, I'll work anyone. So uh, you get a lot of these talents and it is, I mean, you look at these matches, you look at dark, you look at elevation, there's a crap ton of matches on there, crap ton. But I think that's okay. Cause if you're tuning into that stuff on YouTube, you're making a point to watch it. So uh, do that then feature all the talent you want on there. Uh, but I would, I would get a good chunk of that talent. Now here's where it gets sticky. I think on dynamite, a maximum, a maximum, and this is tough, especially how with all the people you think that they feature on dynamite week in and week out, uh, but it's obviously it's doable is this 32 men and women talent in general should be your cap of what you have on dynamite week in and week out. That's as much people as you feature on the show, Max. So doesn't mean you have to feature all 32 people on that show week in, week out, which adds to it. So if you're only featuring half of that on your two-hour program, look how much elevation that gives for those stars. That's very tough to do because you think about everybody that's in that mix. And I'm, th I'm coming from a perspective of like, okay, try to work this out. So I think we mentioned the, the AEW women's division. And I think that they have solid talent there. I think you can really focus on six women at a time, if that, maybe even five. Have them all be there. Those are your, That's your women's division because you only have one title. You don't have a tag women's title at this moment in time. So make it like six or, or something to that effect where uh, you have women going after the title and they're all top competitors and they can get knocked out of the rankings. And then eventually, I'll get to this in a second, tag teams what maybe six tag teams so that's 12 12 6 18 you have 18 total uh talents there that's not counting managers either or commentators or backstage personalities um so 18 so 18 let's do the math here dom that's these 14 is that right 14 spots for male singles and you think about that so i think from a tag team perspective if you wanted to do a team taz you could do a team Taz as part of your tag team. So you could, I'm just saying Will Hobbs and uh, Ricky Starks is your tag team. Not that that would be what I would go with, but I'm just saying they could fill a tag team slot. One of your six. So varsity blondes, let's say uh, you have jungle express. If you really wanted to have jungle boy and Luchasaurus there, but I think those tag team division wrestlers can also wrestle as singles, but I'm just saying for your tag team, you focus on those six teams, uh, Santana and Ortiz, uh, best friends, Jeez, uh, Lucha Brothers. See, look, we're already running out of real estate. How tough is that? Butcher and Blade. Uh, you're thinking about this. So many talents. But what you do, so you're going to have leftover. You're going to have leftover. Dark Order, you won't be able to feature all Dark Order. Maybe Silver and Reynolds will be the only ones you can do. Um, but what you can create is some very good intrigue for people to tune in on Elevation and have Elevation have some of your like substantiated stars be on there and make that their own thing. And then what you can do is have that rotate in and make the stakes even further by having matches 
to get onto the main show. So, hey, if he wins this match, he's boosting up in the rankings enough to get to the main card. And then this guy gets knocked down. So then you have the intrigue of like, okay, man, I'm now these are just examples, obviously. Don't take this for anything. So I'm saying like, wow, Eddie Kingston gets kicked down to elevation. I got to tune in elevation now to see Eddie Kingston. Oh, but hey, Matt Hardy's back up in Dynamite. So certain things to kind of think about. I know it's tough to work out, but it plays into the ranking system. It plays into uh, honing in on and making certain talent feel more special at certain aspects. And then you're getting, uh, and still you're kind of having your cake and eating it too by featuring talent uh, in mass quantities on your YouTube program. So just something to think about. Uh, I kind of like the idea. I just really feel like Dynamite is such a strong product and I really like this show, but it's a lot to take in and it's a lot to try to like formulate in your head and, and go in from week to week and be like, okay, I like what this is going on with this. I want to see more of this. When you focus, I mean, imagine if you put Anthony Gogo as one of your main stars on uh, Dynamite there, like you're really churning away at Bill making him see something. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that liver punch. Let me tell you, that is big stuff. So um, it's a lot to think about here. So let's see. Okay, a little bit more things we have going here. Uh, let's see. Steven says, what does the future hold for Miro in AEW? Do you see him getting a title? I do see him. I think he needs to get a title. Um, now, uh, it's going to be the TNT title, I think, at some point, which you have to really build him up still. I think it's just going to take some time to reestablish Miro because he came in there. He didn't come in there damn Well, he kind of did. The way he was dressed and that kind of thing, he came in damaged in certain ways, I feel. And obviously, I just don't think that alliance with Kip was beneficial to him in regards to making him look like an ass-kicking badass that you should be intimidated by and not joking around with Miro over video games and stuff. So that he was behind the eight ball at this juncture. I feel that you have to build him and make him look credible. Now, will that happen? I would like to think so. I think he has that look and stuff. But, hey, I think once we get the live crowds back, we're going to get a better gauge of all that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think you should actually very much wait to get him to that level where he challenges somebody, whether it's Darby, which maybe it should be. Uh, I think Darby should continue this run as TNT champion. And then uh, Miro will be the one to unseat him if he's hot enough. Uh, I think you can get him to that. I just don't. I don't think that's definitive, though, if that makes sense. So it's kind of my thoughts on Miro at the time. Um Trying to think if there's anything else I need to talk about before I close out the show here. Um, pretty much just, uh, yeah, I thought a good show. Uh, Marcus gives his Meltzer rating. That's his thing, so I'm not going to do that. But I thought it was a very good show. And oh, my MVP, oh, my gosh. Man, that's tough. Like, Ty Conte is in the running for me again. I just like her a lot. Um. Man, I feel like I'm going to miss it because I think I had somebody in mind. I just like Ricky Starks. I think Ricky Starks takes the cake for me this week. Uh, just his ability to convey, like I said, emotion and body language in the ring. It's I, I think he knocks it out of the park. So Ricky Starks is my MVP this week. How's that sound? Uh, yeah, you're a little late, Nisha. But uh, thanks for joining in. Uh, I, we're going to have another episode. This is like a supplemental episode from last week because we missed last week. So I'll, we'll be back. Uh, this week later on probably with another live one i'm thinking friday so if we can do it maybe we're gonna work it out we'll have something for you guys uh yes 
But I do thank you guys for, oh, let's see, MVP despite loss, Jungle Boy. You know, that's a great argument. Yeah, yeah I don't think you can uh, – I think if that's a logical one, obviously, and I think that makes plenty of sense. Like, yeah, you can't – Jungle Boy is really good. Uh, listen, I think – I don't know if you guys agree with me here, but I think you have to get him away from Jurassic Express at this point. I think it's kind of run and done here. If you want to continue Jurassic Express – Make it with somebody else than Jungle Boy. Get Luchasaurus to find another man or another competitor. You can have Marco Stunt still in the mix, but I obviously I don't think he'd be like their, his consistent tag partner. Um, something to think about. You could get him maybe Bear Country. I don't know. Maybe uh, Marcus wants – I like Marcus's uh, idea is this. He turns evil. Uh, Marcus says, quote-unquote, kills Marco Stunt and then joins with Abaddon and like you get him with father James Mitchell and stuff like that and have this like, you know, weird group of misfits and you can get bear country into that mix too. Like Luchasaurus, Abaddon, bear country, bunch of freaks. Uh, I like it. I think you could do something like that. And James Mitchell can be your stick man in a lot of ways. Uh, Sinister minister. Uh, I think that's a cool idea, but yeah, I think you got to get jungle boy away from that. I think it's time to heat him up and heat him up big time. So make him start grinding like Christian's doing right now and uh, get to that point where, hey, uh, Jungle Boy, uh, he's a uh, number two, number one contender for the AW World Championship. You know, I don't think I don't think you can be too early on that. I think you can do that right away and he can lose and then he can come back from that, you know. Uh, but, you know, build him up. Let's get to work on Jungle Boy. Um, yeah, uh, Impact. They need to get to work on building their star. I think uh, I'm intrigued for this Wednesday, uh, seeing what how they follow up with Impact. Because, hey, last week, we barely got a peep about Rebellion. We got like a little video promotion clip, I think it was. But Rich Swan wasn't there. Your champion, that's Fighting Kenny. They barely noted it too much on the show. It's just, it seemed like an afterthought. And I was bummed by that because I'm like, man, like, I, this is really cool. Like, title versus title? Sounds good. Like, Let's make that happen, and let's make it the stakes seem high. And going into Rebellion, it was a great match, but like it just didn't feel from that build. It did not feel like uh, super duper major big time. It was a great match, but like I thought it could have felt greater and bigger, right? I don't know. That's how I look at it. Um, yeah, but overall, really great show, Dynamite. Um, I think they're on quite the good streak right now, and um, they're staying consistent again. Just hone in a little bit on the stars you want to feature because I think that only plays to the benefit and you can kind of have your cake and eat it too if you feature a good chunk of your talents on dark and on elevation strictly and exclusively and then have your highlighted talents keep it to a max of 32, 32 fighters in total. Now that's not, I, I will exclude managers, commentators and all that stuff, but uh, 32 fighters is your max on one program of Dynamite each and every week. Otherwise, you've got to stay under that, that cap. Set a little salary cap, I think. I don't know. I think it would be kind of cool. You can do a lot with the rankings there. Hey, you know what? It's kind of cool. So yeah, I'm just doing this uh, this week because, um, you know what? Marcus doesn't give his shitty opinion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's very smart and uh, has a lot. I mean, my gosh, sometimes he's smarter than me with this stuff. So, uh, And, hey, I appreciate what you guys do, too, just uh, chiming in here and giving some feedback and uh, asking some good questions and uh, keeping the engagement going. Thanks so much. If you want... Yes, follow uh, WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. Um, follow Marcus on Twitter at Marcus P. D'Angelo. 
That's P with Paul, as in Paul, middle name. Marcus P. D'Angelo. Um, yes, we have some interviews up. Deanna Perrazzo, you mentioned her, Stephen. Uh, she, we just did an interview with her. We just did, I mentioned Don Callis. We just did an interview with him. We did an interview. I did an interview earlier in the week with not only Trent Mur, uh, not Trent, Trevor Murdoch of NWA, which is a great conversation. Man, what a story he has about Randy Orton, Lance Cade, and Arn Anderson in Ireland. It's awesome. Awesome story. That's just worth tuning in, let alone, is that that conversation. Heck, I have an awesome conversation with the Pope, Elijah Burke. Amazing dude. One of my favorite interviews I've done. We talked for about 30 minutes. Uh, really, really great conversation too. Uh, NWA is doing some good stuff with power actually. So, uh, if you want more intimacy of a wrestling, you want that immediate visual intimacy, you're going to get it on, uh, power. It's, um, it's really good stuff. So, Oh, thank you, Nisha, uh, for following me on Twitter there. I appreciate that. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff to tune in. I, that's the thing with wrestling. I mean, obviously it's fun to criticize. It's kind of fun to bitch once in a while, isn't it? It's a little fun to bitch. I like bitching here and there, you know, and it's okay to, I think it's okay to do that. You know, we all can have an opinion here and there, but doesn't necessarily mean you're right, but you can have that opinion and you know, it doesn't mean I'm right all the time. That's what makes wrestling fun. Uh, you know, I think it's in a very good spot right now. MLW with vice. It's going to be awesome. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Lots of cool things. Hey, the sun's out. Like things are getting brighter. It, people are getting vaccinated. It's uh, things are t- turning the all around there. You know, strikes and gutters, as they say in the Big Lebowski. But let's get some more strikes going. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you later this week.